Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Fired up to be with you here today. Hoping to drop some good thoughts on you and some mindset motivation and methodologies of success. To those of you who are listening for the first time, we're glad to have you. Hope you get a chance to go back and check out some of our previous episodes where I think you'll get the flavor of what we do and how we do it around here. Congratulations to all of you who've joined the Insiders Club. We've seen a significant growth in all the people who've become part of our Insiders Club. For those of you new to that, go to the com. You'll see how you can become an insider. Basically, all it does is allows us to stay in contact with you. We're providing additional bonus content, additional episodes. You get a chance to get your questions answered, a few other things like that. We get to know your preferences. You get input on the content. So delighted with that. We're really getting some great feedback from you guys on what you're receiving from the Insiders Club. So glad to have you. Today, very excited to share with you content I've spoken on before, stuff I've raise my kids with and stuff that I believe will really help you. It'll really help you. If you have a desire to be successful, we're going to talk about living a counter-cultural lifestyle. And this is not rebellion for the sake of rebellion. I'm actually, I was telling the team as we were preparing this, I said, you know, I've been kind of a square guy my whole life. You know, I've had pretty much the same haircut since I was 14. You know, I'm the fairly straight arrow guy. I've been married to the same woman for almost 30 years. I've raised six kids. I'm the business guy that has people working for them for decades. I have clients who've been working with us for decades. You know, I'm the guy that lives by principles, goes to church on Sunday morning, you know, spend less than you make, save your money, invest in it, and grow it over the long term, no quick fixes, eat right, exercise right. I mean, so I'm about a square peg in a lot of ways. But the truth of the matter is, I have lived contrary to the culture my whole life. My wife and I, as a team, were contrary to our culture, our business practices. We have been three years in a row voted the number one place to work in San Diego County. There's three and a half million people in San Diego County. Buffini Company's been the number one place to work, and we do it counter-culturally. We don't do what everybody else does. Now, I'm not a rebel for the sake of being a rebel. Like I said, I'm kind of a square peg. But I am a counter-cultural guy. And I don't just fall in with the crowd, okay? My mother told me when I was a kid, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Don't follow the crowd. They don't know where they're going. I love when my mother gives the Irish blessing at the end of our podcast because she's blessed me my whole life with her wisdom and her insight and her encouragement and her challenge. And she never really told me to do these things directly, but this specifically is something that I've seen change my life. My wife and I together as a team... And ultimately, our kids. You know, people look at our kids today. We have six kids. They've gone on to do remarkable things with their lives. They're great kids. They love each other. They're best friends. They can't wait to go on vacation together, even though they have their own families now and so on and so forth. And, you know, careers they achieved in sports and in college and in business, won national championships and doing all this type of stuff. And yet, we've lived a counterculture lifestyle. And I'm going to sell it to you today because there's a lot of challenges with fitting in with the culture. Culture, by its definition, is the characteristics and beliefs of a civilization. Those change over time. Those morph over time. So we need to know. So we're going to talk today about three major points, because that's kind of how I like to communicate, and I think that's how people like to learn. 
So first, we're going to talk about the dangers of the societal norm. We're going to talk about how to avoid society's magnetic pull, and it's a massive pull. I'd say it's stronger than gravity for most people. And then the third is we're going to sell you on the benefits of a counterculture lifestyle and how it can help you. Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich, okay? The book that is considered basically the firestorm that began the personal growth movement for the next 100 years in America, Think and Grow Rich, so many of the success books and self-help books and seminars and personal growth stuff are basically a repackaging and a repurposing of Think and Grow Rich. Here's what he said. The ladder of success is never crowded at the top. You're right? They say it's what at the top? It's lonely. People say it's lonely. No one wants to be lonely, right? I mean, no human beings. Oh, my goal is to be lonely. It's not lonely of spirit. It's not lonely and bereft of relationship. It just means there's an awful lot more people at the bottom of the ladder than there is at the top of the ladder. This is why we don't want to fit into the culture. A recent Harris poll on happiness said 31% of Americans are happy. Well, isn't that good news? Well, there's another way to look at that. 69% of people are unhappy. So 7 out of 10 folks are going, I'm not happy. So why is it that we work so hard to fit in with the 7 out of 10? Why is it we work so hard to get the approval of the 7 out of 10? We want to do what they do. We want to say what they say. We want to buy what they buy. We want to dress the way they dress. We're going to eat what they eat. We're going to watch what they watch. People think that peer pressure peaks in high school. I believe it's only starting. In high school, you don't make decisions of where you live and huge amounts of debt based on what will others think of you, where you live. In high school, you don't make decisions of the car you buy or the dresses you wear. It might get into your clothing, but you're not. I'm buying jewelry. I'm doing this. I drive this car because I'm driving around all day long wondering what people think about me. You know, I have a very old friend of mine. He's in his 90s now, and he said to me, you know, when I was young, I was preoccupied with what people thought about me. So when I got to be middle-aged, I said, forget all this. I don't care what people say about me or think about me. He said, now that I'm old, I realize that no one was ever thinking about me in the first place. So we're going to talk about it. We don't want to get caught up doing what everybody else is doing. Here's a little stat. The wealthiest society that's ever lived is the United States. Never in the history of mankind has so many ordinary people had so much. And yet... 49% of Americans have less than $500 in checking and savings combined. Half of Americans have 500 bucks in the bank. Can money buy you happiness? No, but here's the thing. Like, would you be listening to this podcast if your goal in life was to have 500 bucks in the bank? Now, if you're behind on your bills and whatever else and you're up the creek without a paddle, maybe 500 bucks is a goal to start with. I have no problem with that. I've been there, but certainly not to stay there. The reason I'm saying it, half the people have 500 bucks in their bank. So why would you be buying what they buy? So why would you be spending what they spend? Why would you have the same habits as them? Why would you be working hard to fit in with those people? So let's talk about the dangers of a societal norm. First, there's a constant negativity. There's a drifting towards low self-esteem. And what more and more people are declaring is their mediocre life. Now, this is not a modern dynamic. Henry David Thoreau in the 1800s says, the average person lives a life of quiet desperation. Okay? Another great anonymous quote, don't be afraid of being different, be afraid of being the same as everyone else. So let's kind of delve into it, the constant negativity. Our culture spends a lot of money, time, and effort presenting the negative first. 
say, oh, there's no good news. There's plenty of good news. It just doesn't sell real well. It doesn't get clicks on social media. It doesn't advertise as bait. All right? And so sometimes the negative is all we've seen. Wiley just did a study, Wiley Online Library, and they studied the negative social media experiences actually increase depressive symptoms in people. And that a 10% increase in negative experience on social media led to a 20% increase in depressive symptoms. It's a multiplier. A Danish study showed that most people using social media on a daily basis, very few people are actually aware of the consequences. Based on an experiment with over a thousand participants, this Danish group produced this study that showed the evidence of casual interaction with social media and its negativity and compared a treatment group, people who took a break from social media, and of course, what do you think? The control group, they had much more positive effects in their well-being, life satisfaction and their emotional state, and the people who stayed with the social media had a more downer approach, they had a more significantly negative experience and continued on the negative slide. So what are we trying to show here? Nothing you don't know already. When we're constantly getting exposed to negativity, we get exposed to it. Now, here's the thing. Is social media negative? 100% not true. I use social media all the time. Our company has a social media director. We pump out stuff all the time. Quotes, facts, stats, videos, all kinds of cool stuff on social media. I interact with social media sites that are predisposed towards good stuff. So, for example, here's what I do. My kids will post stuff on Snapchat, and I go to Snapchat every day to see what my kids post. Sometimes they're off doing things. They're at college. They're at work. They're wherever. And I see cool things. So I use Snapchat as a way to stay in contact with my kids, and it's cool. And by the way, my kids are not posting negative downer stuff. I don't go to the public side of Snapchat, and I'm not getting exposed to a lot of garbage that's over there, a lot of images I don't want to be taken in. So here's an example. I have control over which thing I click and what thing I don't. I'll give an example. My parents, it's a godsend, the parents I have. They're 87 years of age, still live in the same house. I get on the phone. I have a great time with them when I talk to them or FaceTime them. I get home to Ireland as often as I can. Here's the thing. My old man sits in the house all day watching CNN. He's 87. So if there's not a sporting event on, he's watching CNN. Now, here's the thing. He grew up watching CNN when James Earl Jones came out. This is CNN. That's not what CNN is today. CNN is full of opinion shows and this and that and the other. And here's my old man, 7,000 miles away from where I live, getting wrapped up every day in American politics and American culture. By the way, that he has no control over, has no input, can't even vote. And he's getting a snapshot of what these guys want him to see because their job is to get people worked up so they can sell advertising. And that's the same for any news outlet. The point is we have a say-so in this. We're not a victim to it. You can participate in the good, eliminate the bad. I am on Twitter. But if you ever check out to see who I'm following on Twitter, you'll see who I follow. I only follow people with positive, uplifting stuff. I, I John Gordon. I check in with John Gordon on social media every day. He's always got something good to say. I'll check in with different sites that got great tips and how-tos. So it doesn't mean you go on social media, you're going to be depressed. It means if you follow the crowd and just do what everybody else does, you will be. And it has a very negative effect, okay? This is not new. Jim Rohn said 25 years ago, we must all wage an intense, lifelong battle against the constant downward pull. If we relax, the bugs and the weeds of negativity will move into the garden and take away everything of value. Jim Rohn often referred to the mind as the garden. 
And he would talk about planting the seeds and fertilizing and watering the mind. And he'd say, when we don't feed it, we get rickets of the mind, okay? An old disease built on a, a vitamin deficiency, vitamins, as we say at home. The truth of the matter is, he's saying the mind is this garden. If we let the negativity and if we relax, the bugs and the weeds get in, okay? Low self-esteem. We're seeing every year the studies come where the average person's self-esteem is being reduced because our culture tells us what's wrong with us, not what's right with us. I like to tell this story. I own my own airplane. I've mentioned it several times before, but I have my own Learjet, three different types of them over an 18-year period of time. And I shared a hangar with a company that was one of the largest sellers of women's clothing in America through very, very fine department stores. And there was a spokesmodel, these big giant pictures on their side of the hangar. This beautiful woman in these beautiful, real classy outfits. And one day, I got to meet, while I was getting on my plane, the spokesmodel, with all the pictures up on the wall, was actually getting on their plane. And our pilots knew each other, so we introduced each other. And I couldn't forget it. I'm looking at this woman, she's a very, very nice lady, and I'm looking at the pictures on the wall. And you know what I found out? She did not look like our picture. Those were airbrushed, touched up, I mean, you name it, lifted, tucked, whatever you wanted. She did not look like our picture. And the amount of women and young women who are trying to look like her, and she doesn't look like her. She was a nice-looking lady. She was a really nice person. But the image, famous photographer Tim Tatter, who gets paid four, or $500,000 for image consulting to business leaders and actors and sports stars and whatever else, said to my brother recently, he says, I have young daughters now, and I have a hard time that my craft is so good that I'm perpetuating the myth to my own daughters. When we're trying to fit in, so no wonder we have low self-esteem. These people look this way, they act this way, this is all great. It's all an image that's been created, okay? And so we have to understand that, you know, Steve Furtick said it this way, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind-the-scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Just a great quote. That's what we do. We get into that comparison, and that comparison leads to low self-esteem. I don't have this, I'm not that. As opposed to, God made you special. God gave you gifts. You have abilities, talents, heart, character, and you're unique, like a diamond. You're unique. And when we view ourselves through the lens of someone else's highlight reel, all of a sudden we think, I'm not that good. The last thing is the societal norm encourages mediocrity. Just going with the flow. Now, mediocre by its very nature is moderate or low quality, little value in either ability or performance. You know, one of the questions that people are asking all the time, just the deep thought is, do I represent any value? When my wife talks to people, she always is reminding people of the value they represent constantly. And when Beverly speaks, uh, next year she's speaking on our success tours. When people come and hear Beverly speak, they don't want to hear me anymore. Here's a former Olympian, four-year member of the U.S. National Olympic team, homeschooling mother of six, powerhouse woman, just with a great heart and a great message. And she's always reminding people of the value they represent, what their value is. And people are always so inspired and moved by that because it breaks them out of this mediocre. I'm just fitting in with the norm. I had a conversation with a young person recently. They were in high school and kind of a class clown type character. And I said, well, tell me, what was your brand in high school? And I said, well, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. And this is how people viewed me. And I go, what part of that is true? And they said, almost none. Well, we do that in high school. But just so you know, that also intensifies later on. And the next thing you know, we've conformed to such a degree that we don't even know ourselves anymore. 
You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This podcast is designed to help people transform mindset, motivation, and methodology. So we want you living that counterculture lifestyle, not to be a rebel, but to be true to who you are and actually live intentionally. So that's where we're going. So we know the dangers, constant negativity, low self-esteem leading to a mediocre life. So now let's talk about, great, so that's the warning. Now there's the how to avoid it, right? So there's this magnetic pull, like gravity. They're always trying to pull us in to the norm. Be like everyone else, right? Even the kids that are trying to be different, they all look the same, right? I'm, I'm trying to be a rebel. And my pants are down. The shirt, they're up. I got this. I got the same haircut. I'm being a rebel. And everybody looks the same, right? And every culture, every generation has it. You can go through all the different generations and you can see, look, in the 70s, man, I thought I was the greatest thing. I was listening to Dr. Hook. I had tight pants that then exploded in what we call bell bottoms. My mom, I remember asking her to sew in extra triangles into the bottom of my pants so they would have even greater flair when I walked. And if you're a millennial, look up bell bottoms. They'll probably be back in fashion again here soon. But we all did it, right? They dressed a certain way in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. I'm not sure. The grunge look, I don't know what it was. But the point is, there's always conformity. Well, that happens mentally and emotionally as well, okay? So let's talk right now about how to avoid that magnetic pull. So here's a couple of points for you. First, live intentionally. Next, distance yourself from the negativity. Actually put space between you and the negativity and then adapt a lifestyle of personal growth. Make it your lifestyle. So let's talk about it. Living intentionally, here's a couple quick things. Pursue your goals, feed your mind. Simple as that. So have written goals, pursue them, and then feed your mind. Feed your mind. A mental diet. You know, I've been uh, eating really clean lately. It's amazing how it just... You know, used to wake up in the morning with more creaks and cranks. My mental acuity is better. My energy is better. Clothes are fitting better for sure. I'm getting more value out of my workouts, but I'm, I'm eating cleaner. So I have a new, improved diet, and that diet is showing benefits. Well, you can have a new and improved state of mind with a mental diet, okay? And so pursue your goals, feed your mind. And hopefully feed your mind with the content that's helping you pursue your goals. It could be in the area of motivation. It could be in the area of, you know, mindset. It could be methodologies. You might need technique. You might need how-tos. Great. You know what your goals are, hopefully. If not, stop the recording, wherever you are, sit down and write some goals. It doesn't matter if a to-do list of what you want to get done today. That's a goal. Ten days. Well, here's what I want to get done ten days, the next ten days. Here's what I want to get done the next ten months. Here's a five-year vision. Here's if I could wave a magic wand. Here's where I want to be five years from now. Write those things out. Okay, goals are seven times more likely to happen if they're written down than if they're just in your mind. And then feed your mind content that's going to help you pursue the goals. Here's the deal. Look, my old man's 87 years of age. He's lived a heck of a life. He raised a great family. And here's the deal. He's not setting many goals these days. Now, it doesn't mean I hope at 87 I am. So that's why, okay, he's sitting down watching CNN all day or watching a sports channel all day. Okay, then he gets out and plays a bit of golf and that's it. But the fact of the matter is, and I think he actually has some more health goals. He wants to stay healthy. He wants to be able to play golf a long time. So he actually does a bit on that, all right? But feed your mind around the stuff that's going to help you reach your goals. You'll be amazed how happy you are, okay? You'll be in that top 31% quicker than not. Intentional living means making choices in your life based on your greatest values, not the habits of others. So we want to pursue the goals, feed your mind. Next, 
distance yourself from the negativity. Negative news, negative environments, negative people. All right? Big Think came up with a survey, and they said 90% of the news in the newspaper and on television is negative. I think it's higher than that in social media. So it's 9 out of 10. Your chances are 9 out of 10. Now, well, I need to be informed. Look, if there's a big storm off the coast, you're going to know. If Kim Jong-un fires a nuke, I'm going to know. If the world goes into a worldwide recession, I'm going to know. I read enough. I do enough. But I don't have to dwell on it night and day and then get worked up. What do people do? Do conservatives tune in to MSNBC to be converted, to thinking in a more liberal way? Do liberals get on to Fox News? I'm going to expand my mind so I can change my liberal ideology so I can get converted to the conservatives? No, that does not happen. What do we do? We watch the same thing over and over again. And all we do is grind in the needle into the record deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. We know what the deal is. Albert Einstein said this way. He's a pretty smart dude. Stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. Okay? So we want to get away from the negative news. We want to get away from negative environments. You know there's environments that when you go to, they're going to be negative. Now, what if those negative environments are family related? All right? Here's what I do. When I go home, I go to Ireland. It is a politics-free zone. I say, I'm not going to presume I know what's going on in Ireland because I live in America. And I'm going to presume you don't know what's going on in America because you live in Ireland. So we're going to do this. We're going to have a politics-free zone because I love my family and I want to continue loving my family. Okay? There are environments that I don't go that are negative. Okay? You know what? If I want to drink, I, I might have a drink every 90 days. Okay? Glass of wine or something. But I'm not going down to the, the local dive bar because that's a negative environment. I'm not putting myself in that situation, okay? I don't put myself in negative situations. I'm intentional about it, okay? And I'll be honest with you. I avoid negative people. I avoid it. Or at the very least, those I can't avoid, I limit my exposure, okay? And it'll be a very short conversation. I'm not God, and my job is not... My job is to help those who want to be helped. That's my job. That's what I see it as. And so I'm just not interested, because here's the thing. Who's attracted to a positive person? What do you get in the control room? Who, who do you guys think is attracted to a positive person? Come on, Lally, what do you think? Who's attracted to a positive person? Negative. Why? I mean, positive and negative attracts, number one. Opposites attract. So here's the deal. You come in contact with somebody, and you're super positive, and they're super negative. Here's the thing is, they actually unconsciously want a little bit of what you have, right? And they're going to give you, in return, a little bit of what they have. You lose. You lose. Like, you just went home to the west of Ireland. I'm sure you had a fantastic time, whatever else, but there's certain parts of it you run into, and there's this all, now, nah, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you just, you limit your exposure to it, right? So you come away, I had a great time, fabulous time in Ireland, and I come away and I want to go back again. As opposed to I caught up with the naysayers who are wringing their hands, right, saying everything stinks. No, absolutely, yeah. So that's the deal. That's what we want to do. And so opposites attract, and we just need to make sure we do that, all right? So, yeah, I don't expose myself to an overwhelming amount of negative news. I don't put myself in negative environments, and I limit, reduce, or completely eliminate altogether negative people, okay? The last piece here is adopt a lifestyle of personal growth. Very, very simply. Very simply. It's a lifestyle. That what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? 
And, you know, that's the mental diet. You know, what are you putting in? Good stuff in, good stuff out. Garbage in, garbage out. You know the story, all right? So we know that we want to live a counter-cultural lifestyle and there's dangers to the societal norm, the constant negativity, the low self-esteem, the mediocre life. We've talked about how to avoid society's magnetic pull, which is living intentionally, distancing ourselves from the negativity, and then ultimately adopting this personal growth lifestyle. You're already part of this because you're listening to this podcast. You've already committed to growth. Uh, You're listening to this stuff. You've already decided who you are, and I'm very proud of you. You guys are the kind of people I want to hang out with. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what more do you want on the podcast. I want to hear your favorite podcast. I want to hear from you guests that we should have. If you're on the Insiders Club, send us in your information. Tell us who you want to hear from. Who do you want us to get? May Brian, you should listen to this gal's podcast. This writer does fantastic work. You let us know. Good people know good stuff, and we share it together. We all get better. The third part, I'm going to sell you right now. I'm a great salesman. I want to sell you on the good life, and I want to sell you on the benefits of a countercultural lifestyle. All right? So here it is. It gives you the freedom to be true to yourself. You'll attract into your life like-minded people, and you get to live the good life. Okay? So the freedom to be true to yourself. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that what rebels are always looking for is freedom? So I'm a square who's a rebel. I'm a rebel against the magnetic pull to conformity, to mediocrity, to average, to poverty, to obesity, to divorce, to kids that don't talk. I'll give you an example. When we were raising our kids, all six kids, oh my gosh. We'd get this. Do you know what causes that? Are they all yours? These are questions we've been asked. And they're, oh my God, you guys must be pulling your hair out. No, we love it. People say, oh, you got a two-year-old, all the terrible twos. In our house, we decided we were going to have the terrific twos. The tremendous trees, okay? The fantastic fours, fabulous fives, sensational sixes. Okay, that's what we did. So, oh no, little baby goes rigid, throws themselves back, slams their head on the ground. It's the terrible twos. Here's the thing. My kids only did that once. Long pause. Send a note to Oprah if you want. Oprah says don't discipline your kids. Oh, Oprah doesn't have any kids. I have six of them. Turned out great. I disciplined them all. We didn't have the terrible twos. We didn't have teenagers that rolled their eyes. Built relationships. Did I have to grow? Do I still have to grow? You know what? I do a little bit to stay up with my kids, stay connected to my kids, what they're about. I don't try to be like my kids. I don't dress like my kids. I don't even claim to like their music. But I stay connected and build relationships. I didn't fall into societal norms. Our kids can't wait. We just came from a vacation where all of my kids were together in Hawaii. We always have had a place there. We've always had great relationships. My oldest son is a wife and a baby. It was magnificent. He couldn't wait to get back together with the rest of his family. Am I the only man in America with a good family? Heck no. It's just, it's not talked about. It's not promoted. If they have a sitcom, it's not, hey, here's the Buffinis with the six great kids. It's here's the Kardashians with all the drama. That's what it is. And I know them. I know them so I can speak to them. Okay, so I don't mind banging the drum for what I believe. You know why? Because the world is bold in what it believes. The world is bold. The culture is bold in telling people, you can't be happy. You need medication. You need to be talking to a therapist. Yeah, your kids are going to leave you. Your spouse is going to leave you. You're going to be broke. That's what the culture says. Think and grow rich? No, what's the opposite? You know, and so I say no. I say no, and the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I'm an ordinary man. Nothing special, nothing grand. And that's the truth of the matter. 
but I am a product of this personal growth and development. I get to live the good life. And the big thing is I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing the same thing. It's just not on CNN tonight. And I'm banging on CNN. I can bang on them all, okay? So the first part about being countercultural is the freedom to be true to yourself. I'll quote my favorite author. His name is Brian Buffini. This guy's great. You guys should check out. He has this book called The Emigrant Edge. Oh, it's worth reading, I've got to tell you. But the quote I give my clients all the time is, just being myself is good enough to be great. I don't say that about me. I have them affirm that to themselves. Just being myself is good enough to be great. Of course, God didn't make any junk. Just being yourself is good enough to be great. And you know what? You might have to say it so often until eventually you come to believe it. But it's true. I never met a person without gifts. I've never met a person without natural ability. Never. You just got to learn to get past all the gunk, work through the hang-ups, work through the self-esteem, work through the sometimes the knowledge, sometimes work through the rough parenting or the tough childhood or the bad bosses or the bad coaches or the rough teachers. Like I told it before, one of my most formative teachers I ever had in my life told me, Brian Buffini, you're not creative. Your handwriting is terrible. You are not a creative person. At Buffini Company, I have an entire building dedicated to nothing more than my creative team. We actually have a second building that does the creative work for our video teams. All I do is create content and present content all day long. All I do. It's actually my job. Once in a while, they let me speak and get out and about in front of a convention center full of people or on TV or whatever. But I create content. I had a teacher tell me, you're not creative from their perspective. When you're true to yourself, just being yourself is good enough to be great. The next, you'll attract like-minded people. Now, there's a lot of talk today about the law of attraction. And oh my gosh, you know, these are principles that are true from Think and Grow Rich that have gone into books and then gone into The Secret and then gone into this. And people take things and they, and and I'm not saying The Secret does this, but people take things and they totally abuse them, okay? The law of attraction is a true principle, no question about it, okay? It's physics, right? And it's also psychological, it's spiritual, it's physiological, it's true. Birds of a feather flock together is an old, old proverb, okay? That's nothing new. Where I challenge, like, to people even touch the law of attraction is basically you just focus, you meditate, and you attract into your life everything. You'll attract into your life riches, you'll attract into your life this, you'll attract into your life, and it, it tends to work on the uh, eliminate the hard work part, the grind part, the time part, the sacrifice part, that it might happen over decades. But I will say this the more I've worked on myself, the more attractive I've become in the marketplace, and the more I've attracted people who are like minded. You know, I have best-selling authors. Just an hour before I got on this podcast, one of the top... Uh, in fact, I think he sold more books in the last 20 years than anybody in the world. Just called up and said, Hey, man, I'd love to be on your podcast. Can we get on and do a show? You attract stuff into your life like that. Okay? Ten years ago, that guy wouldn't have returned my phone call. Okay? So that's why I tell young people, Hey, don't sell Microsoft at $2. Okay? Grow into the person you're supposed to become physically, emotionally, spiritually, personally, vocationally. And as you grow into that person, you're going to attract a whole new type of person into your life. Okay? If you get married early. I was 23. I was just 23 when I got married. I married 28 years. Well, what's the deal? My wife and I, okay, we were drawn to each other spiritually, physically, emotionally. But you know what's been the magic? We've grown together. We keep growing. I'm still crazy about her. I begged her to come on the road with me next year. Now that the kids are all older and almost all out of the house doing their thing. We grow together. And so the law of attraction, you can continue to grow. 
And the biggest payoff of it all is you get to live the good life. Okay? Not the great life, not the awesome. Everything is awesome. Nope. Somewhere inside the infinite love of God, there's a place for suffering. There's difficulties. There's tragedies. There's setbacks. There's world events, personal events, family events. We all have a 100% mortality rate. Okay? There's uh, sadness in this world. But you get to live the good life. The good life. The good life that allows you to wake up every morning and utter a prayer of gratitude. To woe for a gratitude walk at the end of every day. I can't believe I get to do this work. I can't believe... I said it here yesterday. David Lally is involved in all the creative projects I'm involved in. He's our producer on our podcast, but David is involved in our training programs and our seminars and wherever And we just had a couple of days here locked up in the room, bouncing off the walls, laughing, having a good time. And I turned to him. And we've been working together for how long, David? 17 years, is it? 17 years. Yep. 17 years. You'd have been out if you'd have killed somebody by now, right, for good behavior? <laughs> right. But we were in the room the other day just talking about it and laughing our head off. And I turned to you and said, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. It didn't feel like a day's work, honestly. Right. And the next you look up and it's 5.30 and we go, man, we got to go. So that's the blessing of the good life. Still hard work. We have a lot of demands on the schedule, right, and all the projects we got to get done. But that's the thing. You can't miss it. So I just encourage you. There's just such a blessing in living a counterculture lifestyle. There just is. The freedom to be true to yourself, attracting like-minded people, living that good life. So we talked about it today. We talked about the dangers of the societal norm. We talked about how to avoid society's magnetic pull. And we talked about the payoff. What happens if you don't just walk in lockstep and conform to everybody else and actually be true to yourself and how the magic happens there. Hopefully this podcast has helped you today. I think Dr. Goody, he always has good ideas, good information, good stories, and sometimes some giveaways. So, uh, David, tell us what you have for us today. Nice one, Brian. This is the stuff he does so well. I've been at almost every event over the past 17 years, and you just have to go see the man live for yourself. Now, I might be Dr. Goodies today, but our esteemed host was recently Dr. Hook. He showed up here at the office on Monday with a red eye from a burst blood vessel. And somehow, in response to a question that came up, I accidentally said that something was eye-scratchingly confusing. I meant head-scratching, of course, but it was too late. So for the rest of the day, I paid a very big price. There was a band in the 1970s called Dr. Hook, and one of the guys in the band wore a patch. So Brian, being the wind-up artist that he is, had the video of these guys singing When You're In Love With A Beautiful Woman on screen in our production room. Well, next thing I know, he walks into the room and he's playing a set of maracas. He's also wearing an eye patch, dancing around the room to the song. People want to know what it's like working here pure madness but it's a lot of fun and i hope you guys continue to enjoy the great content we push out we always love hearing from you i wanted to read a note from preston unk in north ogden utah i recently was referred to your podcast and enjoy catching up on my commute i'm a millennial sales rep and i appreciate your ability to reiterate known values and traits that have been proven i'm married with four kids my eldest is seven and i hope i can teach him that he can achieve anything with hard smart work Thanks for the kind words. Great to hear the podcast is having an impact, even among our younger listeners. And to sign us off, this is Dr. Goodies sending over to Brian's mum, Therese, for an Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>